Greetings, listeners. Welcome back to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on PureFandom.com. I am one of your hosts, Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hey there. How you doing? OMG. Whoa. UF. Oh my God. We are coming to you live right after the season two finale. We watched with you guys. We're recording right after we watched it. We haven't even prepped for this. We are just going to dive right in. But before we get started, we just wanted to say congratulations to everyone involved with season two of Roswell, New Mexico. Hats off to y'all, especially given the pandemic and everything going on. Um, it was it was a wonderful season. Truly enjoyed it. And thank you to the listeners that have stuck with us over the last couple weeks um, while we took a bit of a break from recording. We've been prioritizing things um, both personally and at Pure Fandom to support the Black Lives Matter movement. If you want to learn more about how you can support Black Lives Matter, you can head to um, our Black Voices page on purefandom.com. We have a ton of resources listed where you can um, be an ally, where you can learn more, where you can educate ourselves. As you guys know, Meg and I are both moms, and we want to make sure that we're doing the best and raising our kids in the best way. And so we've really been centered and focused on doing that. And we are very, very appreciative of all the support that we've seen from the Pure Fandom audience and from our Space Cowboys listeners. Non-optical allyship is to just highlight highlight what's necessary. And what's necessary right now is that we support Black lives, we support Black voices, support Black stories. And Meg and I um, are very, very proud to have Black writers on our team and to amplify those voices. And so please, um, please head to the Black Voices page on purefandom.com. We have some exciting new content coming up, exciting existing content that still continues to get read day in and day out and listen to. Uh, we have podcasts that celebrate that as well. So make Absolutely. sure you guys check that out. All now. right, guys. So with the season two finale of Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. Y'all, where do we even start? Girl. Okay. I, I feel like we – and it feels like weird saying this is this one of the smallest things that happened because that's a big thing. Michael and Maria. Like, okay, she fucking hero-styled it with that canister. Like, that was crazy last episode and you know using all the signs from her mom and the mom visions and like that's a whole big thing and hopefully mm-hmm. they go in more into that next mm-hmm. season um so she's laying in her hospital bed and she's like look like i love you you love me cool but like there's so much more going on and like clearly i think she kind of alludes to the fact that she knows he has feelings for alex like it's very clear to everyone but apparently them because, like, Jesus. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, I just thought that was, like, a really big moment. But if in the grand scheme of this episode with so much stuff going on, it was, like, one of the smaller moments, which is crazy. What did you think about them breaking up? Like, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think I wasn't surprised by them breaking up only because I feel like, and this is so much about, Maria's character, she, she doesn't mess around. You know, she's, her intuition is there. She, she knows, she knows things before other people do. And she has such an eloquent way of addressing that. She knows that her and Michael had a timestamp. And I think she allowed herself to enjoy that and feel that love 
knowing in the back of her mind that Alex is his, you know, cosmic end. And I don't think she's, of course she's upset about that, but I don't think she's, she's not letting that crush her because she knows she's there for a bigger purpose. And I think that is so, such a testament to her character because she truly is selfless. You know, she's letting someone else go before they're ready to let go in order for her to help more people and to help more souls. She truly believes that she can help people through essentially uh, suffering. And I, and I use that word delicately because I, well, because she said, um, she said Mimi, her mother, yes, she's frustrating to other people, but she's not frustrating to herself. So who's to say Mimi is actually suffering? And the fact that Mimi had said either one or two episodes ago, I can't remember about how she exists on different planes and different timelines. And, you know, maybe that means she's not actually suffering. She's just kind of at this higher power being state where she has just evolved. And so she doesn't, um, she doesn't seem, I don't want to, she doesn't seem like she's all there to people in right. art because of all of that. I know that I, I, I know I feel, I sound like I'm rambling, but I'm trying to say this in a way where, I don't know, in a way where how I'm trying to process it because we're recapping this live after the finale, you know, all these thoughts are kind of swirling. But yeah, I think it was, um, I think, I, I think the only, I was a little disappointed that we didn't see more of Maria in the finale, but there was so much else we had to address that um, I think in season three, Maria is going to be like a big, big part of season three. I hope so. Like, I hope that, and I totally agree. And I speak Liz because I followed all that. Um, I feel like her taking the bracelet off and her breaking up with him wasn't because she didn't want to be with him or because she doesn't love him. But I think when she learned all went like, obviously, you know, like there's all these people before you and your family and that's how you came to be. But like knowing like the lengths people had to go to and like people literally died so that her, you know, so Louise could get there safely and like knowing all the details of that story, like it's not so much a curse anymore, her powers. She's seeing it more as a gift and like something that she doesn't want to like, I don't want to say throw away, but like you said, like she can use it to a benefit like Louise did. And I think that she's going to rock it the F out in season three. And I really, I just want to see Maria front and center doing awesome shit, being Maria. So I, I agree, of course, with that. You made me think of something I'd like some clarity on. Because again, we watch live. We haven't, we haven't talked about it yet. We are dissecting it with you guys in real time processing when, um, it was in the flashback with Trip and Nora, which, by the way, Megan. Oh, Sorry, Megan, my scared. Megan and I are video chatting as we record this. And Bellamy, her cat, is um, very needy. Yeah, he's being very needy right now. Do you need to <laughs> snuggle with the cat? I was petting him, but he like he he's not graceful, so he tried to jump on the futon I'm sitting on, and he like clawed the hell out of it and almost fell. 
Yeah, I was surprised because I thought kitties were like, you know. He's not. Like, he's a dog that gets shoved into yeah. a cat body. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like so, he doesn't land on his feet. Yeah. He's just very cute. He's so pretty, though. He is. Uh, okay. Sorry. Bellamy no. <laughs> apologizes for his interference. No, it was a welcomed interference. So you you got me thinking when we had the Trip and Nora flashback, which, by the way, you guys, we really want oh. a, just a spinoff of that. Like, that's just everything. Right? Just them, like, standing flash- by cars. I know. Talking. Doesn't even goes- need to be a plot. Just be there. Well, and then when he goes to visit her after she's captured, she wants to stay there in order to protect everyone else because she's so amazing. And she said to him, Louise is put in a safe, she's put herself in a safe place in her mind, which we saw some of that with um, Tripp's best friend as an older man where he told Isabel and um, who was he in the mind with? Isabel and Michael? Mm-hmm. Are yeah. you, or no, Max, Ismael and Max, that Louise taught him how to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was a little bit, I, I need some clarity on, did, so when she was, when Nora was explaining that to Trip, saying she's put herself in a safe place so everyone else can be safe. And then she said that they can't be waking up until 1977 like what do, did you follow that i usually um, i go back and rewatch this yeah i was just gonna podcast. say like that whole piece of it i feel like i need to rewatch on because it felt like such a very specific time like i don't uh-huh. know, like we've talked about like how the pods have to like <laughs> jesus cat sorry he almost sucked my computer off he's all riled up about the finale too he is just like um, we are so it just felt like a very specific time. So maybe it's like a pod incubation situation. Okay. That's what I you thought. Know? That's what I was thinking. But like that she went to a place in her mind where she can't be harmed. But like if, you know, she's not there to pull Louise, to, like to pull her out of it. I think that was the the problem. Okay. And that's probably how Mimi is, is she gets stuck in her own timeline jumping thing. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I took away from it anyway. Okay, perfect. Um, so then let's talk a little bit about the cosmic loveness of the Maine's family and Nora's family. Yes. Nora and Trip were, I mean, he said they were cosmic. Everyone, and us included, has said that Alex and Michael are cosmic. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. I don't know if it means anything deeper than just, you know, what it is, but I'm just glad it is what it is. I think it's fabulous. Same. Big fan. Like, it was their whole little cute, like, flashbacky thing, adorable. And then when they're reading the journal and Alex looks at Michael and Michael, like, when he says cosmic, they're like, yeah, we know. We know we're cosmic. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, like, be canon again. And we're destined to be together. But because the writers on the show want to torture us by having Alex <laughs> sing a freaking love song about him to him. And then he went and kissed another boy. I was like, all right, at least everyone is recognizing that they're supposed to be together and they just can't be together yet. That's fine. I'm trying to just be okay with that. But at the same time, like, I just want to push their faces together. Like, kiss. I know. You know? I know. But like, I will cosmic. say, I didn't feel like they needed to kiss in that moment because 
I didn't want um, Michael to just go running into Alex right after having a breakup. I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there needs to be no uncertainty with this. I and after he had to just told Maria he loved her. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I was at. But I, I agree. Uh, obviously, we all know they're endgame. Yes. I, know I that's agree with I'm you. I to use, but I'm going to use it. But I, I do want them to make out. I kind of just, uh, I like it. Everyone makes out. Just make out. I know. You're all, you're all for that. Okay. Um, can we talk about Liz going to California and Max burning her lab? Can Don't we talk about the it? list of different things Max could have done instead of fucking torching her lab? Like, well, dude. Okay. So we all knew Diego had some agenda. Yes. Like, he was pressing her way too hard on it. Mm-hmm. WTF Diego. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I, – yes, he could have done – He could have called Liz. He could have called Liz. He could have done a million things, but I don't think she would have – I think we need to take into account – I don't agree with what he did, but I understand why he did it. Because it's not – he's not an addict, but he's addicted to – or he's – um. He's taking that serum, right? So he's got a little bit of tunnel vision as to what he's trying to achieve right now. And what he's trying to achieve is, in his eyes, the biggest thing ever, right? But then on the other end with Liz, what she's doing is the biggest thing ever. Like, she's changing lives. She can save human lives. Like, she can, like, cure cancer, you know? And she she did. She and she saved. did. Sorry, yeah. she can't. She had <laughs> it. She did it. So I think um, I understand why he did it because his whole life has been a gaping hole. He doesn't know where he came from. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know he, who he is supposed to be. And when that is threatened, when he finally gets a little, little teensy-weensy glimpse into what that could be and, it, and it's threatened – you know, the work she's doing is not, um, it's not going to be enough to stop him from doing what he thinks is right in order to protect the little bit of truth that he's finally getting. Right. I also think like seeing Max from season one to the end of season two, like seeing all of this stuff, like slowly stripped away from him, like Mm-hmm. the privileged household he grew up in with the nice cozy parents and all of this stuff and everything's just being picked away and it's like he sort of got a little toxic at the end there because like all of his little privileges are getting plucked away and now he's just kind of going like his reaction is always anger like he's he doesn't have that little coziness about him that he used to have and like the security of like his upbringing and like knowing he has this perfect little family and that he's probably like the best one of them. And he's like the savior and he has like this idea of himself. Once he realizes like, Oh no, you're just like the spare and he's the heir kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know all oh, that's so mean, but okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like once all that is like stripped away from him, it's like almost like when you question a, a like a dude bro's masculinity, like, Instead of reacting logically, he act, reacted with aggression and, like, attacking. And, like, I feel like we have seen him spiral so much in season two. Like, he is such a different Max. He's not, like, the romantic poet guy 
who was like reading big old dusty books. He is, you know, chugging serum and, you know, burning his girlfriend's hard work to the ground. Desperate. You know, he's desperate. And I, it kind of reminds me of when, um, well, it reminds me of a few things. One in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when she dies in season five and she comes back in season six and she's like, I was at peace. Why did you bring me back? And she feels so empty and alone that she just tries to find anything to like give her life. And like it kind and of, yes, which would get, give anyone life, let's just say. And I think it's, um, it, it reminds me of that in a way because he is doing literally everything he can to try. Like he's dead. Okay. He, he has died and come back to life. So life's going to look a little bit different. You're looking at it through a different lens. You have seen death. You have felt death. And so when you come back into this world, you're going to want to have some sort of purpose and you're going to be driven by that purpose. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Right. You know what I mean? And then on the other end, I love how you brought up he's had this whole life of privilege and all, all of those things. So it, it, it reminds me a little bit of in Once Upon a Time when you discover that Rumpelstiltskin was supposed to be the savior, but his evil fae mother, whatever she was, you know, turned him the other way. And so it's this whole idea of if you're raised a certain way, do you become a certain way? And this feeds into our theory that we had a couple podcasts ago about Max being a clone and maybe the bad guy, hand guy, is cloning himself to be whatever, you know, to serve whatever purpose he's trying to do on his planet. And Louise believed that he was better, you know, or that not that he was better, that he didn't have to have that fate because he wasn't, you know, anything yet. He was just a little boy. So, what would happen if Max didn't land on planet Earth and get adopted by super nice white parents and, you know, live this great life? Would he become the super evil version of himself that we saw at the end of the episode? I don't know. Just a thought. I'd also like to say that, yes, we did call cloning because I'm pretty sure that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Unless, mm-hmm. like, all of the angsty dudes on that home planet look like Max. Or there, it's a doppelganger situation like Silas and Vampire Diaries. Oh my God! What if there's like a whole nother set of them in that cave? How freaking awesome would that <gasps> be? Oh, the set of all of them! Oh my yeah. God! That they have well, like a backup. Hold on. Have you watched Battlestar Galactica? Mm-mm. Um, it's it's more of a Mike Bonnie show. I always tell him. Maybe that should be our next, um, because I haven't finished it yet, and maybe that should be our next podcast with your husband. Heck yeah. I mean, if lots of people make out in it, and there's, like, daddy issues, I will, soulful boys looking out windows, I'm there. You just okay. let me know. Okay. I think we can, we can trickle that in. But in, I can tell you this at least, um, for the context of this, in Battlestar, the, um, the, I don't want to say the aliens, it's the Cylons, right? You guys, people listening are going to be like, are you freaking kidding me? 
um, in Battlestar Galactica, the Cylons, they're a robot that are at war with the humans and they look like robots, but then they evolve to actually look like humans. And they have like, I've only watched the miniseries people. So if you're big BG fans, I'm going to get through it. I'm sorry. I watched the miniseries. I'm on maternity leave, but they, there are like six or eight different human looks that they have or like suits per se. And so if um, like one of the main characters, you know, the blonde that's always in the promos, like the tall. Oh yeah. 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 She is, we interviewed her at San Diego comic-con a couple of years ago. That's what I went. Yeah. 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 So she, um, she's just like one of the versions. So -hmm. like if she dies, just another one of like a Cylon, just going to like wear that same look, that same suit, going to get in that drag again and going to come out and, you know, do the thing. So what if they could be like that? Where they're all just different, not necessarily clones, but, you know, they all have, like, this is what we look like as humans. We have five different looks, and Max is one of them. Trisha Helfler. Trisha Helfler, yes. That was going to bug me. I knew it was Trisha something. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Max is one of them. So it could be like that, too. And I, I vaguely remember some of the writers tweeting before they were doing stuff for, um, season two that they were watching Battlestar Galactica. Ah, Mm -hmm. could you like a detective? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I like that. I want to see like different versions of all of them. Yeah. Because why not? Well, it's not necessarily different versions. It's just, those are their like suits. They are who they are. They just sound to play different people. Yes. Yes. That was the best, and there's all those doppelgangers on TV, <gasps> like Catherine. Oh my God! Don't tease me. Nina Dobrev, give that girl an Emmy. Like, that was amazing. I could like spend an entire hour on that, like her different characters. I know she needs to come back to the CW where she belongs. Mm-hmm. Baby, come back. <sighs> Maybe one. Okay. Day. Okay. So what else do we need to talk about? So we got all that going on. He. There's Liz saving Steph. Kyle oh, Valenti. Oh, uh, Valenti saving Steph. Yeah, so like he clearly, like he was or, like, I'm oh. sorry, not Valenti saving Steph. Liz saving Steph. Valenti. I mean, saving. Valenti saved her heart. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're super cute. And I kind of like that Kyle's like, y'all with your drama, I'm going to be over here with my girlfriend. I and know. he was just like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I thought that was great. And then. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or when Liz did it, and I love that when she, like, fixed that bomb thing, it was, like, in a ketchup bottle, like, waitress style. She's like, this is a special. Um, so who knows how she actually saved Steph, because it seems like she did it kind of sneakily. But I loved it, and I thought it was awesome, and you, like, showed what she's capable of and, like, what she can do. And all of it's burned now. It's all gone. Hopefully she can like replicate it in California somehow. I don't like that she's leaving again. But she needs to. Like, damn, she stays in Roswell. People keep torturing her shit. Like, bye. I know, I understand, but I'm like, that's how you're gonna leave things with your man, your alien man. 
Yeah, How do you I wish she had taken about that alien DNA. Oh, you know she's got something in her trunk. I know. <laughs> she's got something in there. She's like, it's fine. I've been saving his straws for like four months. I'm good. <laughs> Told him not to use those plastic straws. Pretended I was doing something else with them. She's just uh-huh. like, pink, pink. Every time you drink a milkshake. Recycling them in my trunk. Mm-hmm. For okay. real. I wish she had taken Maria with her. I felt like they just needed to be like, F the boys and their drama. Let's go on a road trip. But, uh, yeah, you know, but Maria's busy. Yeah, she's got, like, all her side hustles. She's got her mom. She's got the wild pony. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff. You know, we talk a little bit about season three and who we hope to see. Like, we don't have to talk about what we hope to see because I know, like, there's just going to be so much stuff going on in season three. But I, character-wise, I really hope we get to see more of Gregory. Um... That's the brother that came through. Yeah. Like, Liberty Bibbity, please stay for season three. We love you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're amazing. I think he will because it was such a huge turning point for Alex to see that a family member actually um, didn't follow what the family brand is. Yeah. And just did what was right. I, I mean, that was so important. Absolutely. And I really do hope as a family, the two of them, the only good mains people left. Just go around the property and start like digging up floors. See who else they find. Unearth some more bodies. Find some more keys to journals. Secret. Learn some more truths, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in season three. Because, oh my gosh, season two really set. As much as it did, it just like opened so many more storylines and like posed so many more questions. Yeah. Like, like, what actually was that? Was it a remote? Was it a bomb? Like, what was that? We don't really know what that device thing was, you know? Like, I want more I want more answers. Well, I, exactly. Like, why were they building it if it was just to keep someone in? Or did it – because he said if he felt like it unlocked something, but that door was still locked. Right. So, I don't, I don't like, know. Like, did it just wake him up? Was it, like, a timer for a pod? Are there other, like, aliens cooking beneath the the floors of Roswell? I feel like you're just a mass, like, let's just check some shit out. Let's wander through some caves. Let's look in some basements. <laughs> let's just, it's not a big town. Everyone fan out and look. Like, there's a lot going on still. We have oh, a lot to look forward to. I'm really excited that Charlie seems to be sticking around. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. I would love to see more of, of those two. Just, Officer yeah. Cameron is quickly becoming my favorite. Not that I didn't love her already, but she's just. She's awesome. For it. And I love that she was not defined by her relationship with Max. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of forget that even happened. And it was only last season. I know. Like she is just her own standalone character Mm -hmm. and like that whole like bar thing with the the cowgirl hat and like putting the little device under there that's awesome i love her i need warner brothers to put that hat in their online shop i need that hat you do you need that hat i know and i would like you to wear it do you want to know something so Mm -hmm. i ordered one similar nowhere near as fabulous on Amazon. 
Like today? After During watching? The That's During amazing. the episode. I really, really need you to wear it when we're podcasting season three of this show. I will. I will. I'll let you know what it's in and you're going to be, you're going to be really proud of me. It's, it's amazing. So if you're going to wear a cowboy hat, I should probably wear like alien ears or antennas, not ears. You can wear a cowgirl hat too, girl. Come on. I know. I have a lot of hair. Will it fit in there? It will. So my thing is you got to get like, um, you got to get like, kind of like a, like a straw one. Okay. Because for curly hair, I feel like you just have to let it, it's just got to like kind of, the elastic needs to be around the actual hat part and then everything else needs to be soft or it doesn't quite fit on top of curly hair. You know what I mean? I, I dig it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should get Flamis on for that. Oh, we should. Flamis, we'll send you a hat. <laughs> like, um, and we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try out like a few different styles and then, you know, we'll all just share notes. That'll be, that'll be one of our bonus episodes. <laughs> I'm so sad to be done podcasting this season. Oh, me too. But maybe this is where we should plug what's next. What's next, Liz? Tell, tell the good listeners. Okay. So here's what we're going to do now that um, season two of Roswell, New Mexico has wrapped. And of course, with the Corona Rona, we do not know when a lot of new shows will air, but we know that you guys love rewatching amazing television and also watching something for the first time, maybe. So Meg and I have decided that we are going to do a few things. One of which being rewatching old episodes of some of your favorite TV shows that might actually turn into just a full-blown rewatch of the entire series. We decided that we would start with Meg? Teen Wolf. Hey! We're going to start with Teen Wolf. And we thought it might be fun to have you guys watch live with us. Oh, yes. So Pure Fandom is now on Twitch. We will put this all in the post, and we'll put this on our Twitters and all the socials. We now have a Twitch account. And Twitch is super cool. We're so fancy. Look at us being so fancy. Because we can watch episodes of Teen Wolf and have y'all chat with us at the same time. So we can all just vibe and geek out together. Get your Trulies, get your sodas, get your wine, get whatever you want to drink. And we're just going to rewatch some Teen Wolf. We're going to get through the summer, get through this quarantine, watching the shows that you love. Absolutely. And like, what better show than Teen Wolf? I know. I just, I need it right now. I, I need some Alice and Argent. Um, I, I, I love baby Tyler Posey. Steric. My next favorite romance to Dalaric. Give it to me. You know, I need to like, so when I first like caught up, I was so focused on Allison and Scott. And then someone said something about city and I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. And then someone said something about Styles and Derek, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. So I feel like I'm going to be, like, laser-focused on all of these other little, like, seeds that they're planting. Because I, the first time I watched it, and I haven't gone back to those early seasons. Like, the later seasons when, like, I was aware of these ships, and I was like, okay, yes, obviously. But I want to see 
like those first meetings with them, like mm-hmm. the first time they interact and like people talk about those. And I guess like I just was so wrapped up in the cute adorableness of Scott and Allison. They just didn't notice. I'm so excited to go back and watch. And like, like I know that I love them to like right. watch it for like the other little cute things that are happening that I just didn't even realize I missed, you know? Totally. I'm excited. That's what's so fun about going back and rewatching too, because you you get to allow yourself to look at these other relationships and invest in them just as much as you invested in some other relationships early on. Like the first time around. Yeah, exactly. Totally. That's how I felt with um, when I rewatched Buffy, like how much, and then, then Angel, how much I really liked Cordy and Angel. Cause I like weirdly shipped Buffy and Spike and Buffy and Angel. Like, I don't even know how I made that work in my head. I'm not like ride or die, you know, I just want everyone to make out, but I would like really appreciated their relationship when I went back and watched it. And then when I would rewatch Buffy and see their interactions before they were on Angel and I was like, Oh, so I'm excited it's so for cool that to see because it's such a continuous thing. And I, I agree with you about Buffy and Angel and Buffy and Spike. I did. I shipped both because she was with each of them it was never a competition, you know, like she was mm-hmm. with each of them when she needed to be. Angel was that person she needed at that moment. There was no way she could have been with Spike during that time oh, hell no. with Angel, you know, like it wouldn't have made sense. So the fact that people pitted those relationships against each other really never made sense to me because her and Angel had already, they, they didn't break, to me, they never broke up. They just realized our purpose is bigger than what we want for each other. It's very Michael and Maria. Yes. But it like, is. To bring that full circle, it totally is. Yeah. Um, like and same if you watch Angel, you, you'll see the episode, I Will Always Remember You, as you know validation for that. And when Spike and Buffy were together, it was, like we said earlier in, the ep- in this recording, that she – I mean, she came back from the dead. She was at peace and came back to this literal hell mouth. She needed to find something to make her feel alive. And he was someone that was aching to get his soul back. So it was just, you know, it was a perfect pairing for that moment, y'all. So we don't need to ship one way that you can ship both. I ship both. Ship it all. Ship ship every effing thing. Also, I would like to thank everyone who stayed on after our Space Cowboys to listen to us talk about Teen Wolf and Buffy and geek out about every single thing because you know what? It's all connected and all of these writers that write this show watch those shows and <laughs> you can definitely like pick out the little inspirations here yes. and there's and totally. it's adorable and I love it. I'm so excited to watch Teen Wolf with you and I think it's going to be really fun because this is going to be a long hiatus till season I know. three. I know. But we'll do it together. We'll do, do it together. Grand. Oh, and if you haven't caught um, what we've been doing with Wizard World, Wizard World has been doing Wizard World virtual experiences. And we did our first fan panel last week for Once Upon a Time. And we had like thousands of y'all tune in. It was a blast. We had so much fun. This Wednesday on June 17th, we are doing a Vampire Diaries Universe fan panel before the June 22nd Legacies Virtual Celebrity Panel. So make sure you check that out. You can find our recording this week or join us live on Wizard World's Facebook, Twitch, 
or YouTube. So make sure you tune in. We're going to be giving away a bunch of fun stuff. And yeah, we're super excited. Heck yeah. So thanks for sticking with us all season. This was such a fun season to chat about and, you know, come up with theories. And, you know, if you want to hang out with us and get weird, stay tuned for our, our Twitch updates. We're going to we're gonna get crazy. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. Ooh, me too, girl. And, you know, congrats, everyone. And thanks for listening. Happy season two. It's been it, 2020. You've been a thing. We're happy we had a distraction. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better. Bye.